1: When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.
0: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's than clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you win. Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for further details. Hello everyone, welcome back to another Swanscast podcast, uh, once again joined by Lee, so welcome back Lee. Hello, how are we doing? Yeah, good, obviously this is our last episode probably before Christmas, we're getting in early this week. Um got a lot to talk about today, we didn't do a proper one last week because we were joined by uh, Kenny Jacket. so if anyone hasn't seen that episode, go check it out, very good chat, I really enjoyed talking to him anyway, I thought he was um, very easy to talk to, very nice man um got a lot yeah. of information about his time at swan's you have any highlights from, from yeah he was, chat?
2: Uh, he was really good value and he like i think yeah the highlight was that i was quite surprised at how passionate he still talks about the club because thinking back to when he was manager and i was going back quite a while ago now he was uh you know he, he left the club under under pressure from the fans and everything and i thought maybe he would have a bit of you know, not, not resentment, but just a bit, you know, like, oh, you know, it was just, you know, it was just another club that I managed, but he talks about the club so passionately, doesn't he? And I think he still really likes the the club and he had lots of nice things to say about the board at the time. And I don't know, maybe he'd come back one day, not as a manager. He said he was finished, in me, he? But he's well, sporting director um, role recruit. now.
0: So yeah, if, uh, do, do if things like don't that. work out with the current set year, maybe there's an opportunity.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, nice man. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, it was nice to hear. Uh, I think, I know you're saying like you left under certain circumstances, but I think when managers leave a club, uh, it's very often these days that it's because it's not working anymore, more than because they've run their contract out. It's it's more common to be because a change is needed. And he did touch on that, didn't he? He said like you kind of have a time span or a shelf life and then you need to freshen it up. And I think maybe now he can look back after all the experience in different clubs and being in football for a while you could probably look back and understand that that's just the norm that's just what happens and this is only so far you can take a group of players before someone else needs to try something new um i feel like it came across to me that he understood that he did what he could and it's just time to go you know
2: yeah it was good i um I really enjoyed it. I think everyone should, uh, if they got time, go back and have a listen to that one. I really enjoyed it. I forget. I should forget how, like, how successful he actually was at the club. I mean, I remember at the time what you know going to watch the games and it was enjoyable. But now, when you like kind of look back and you think he took over a year after we, like, survived on the last day from dropping into the conference and then, you know, taking us to the League One playoff final, you know, getting promoted from League Two, League One playoff final, nearly getting back-to-back promotions and. It was a really, really good time to be
0: a Swans fan that was. No other Swansea manager in our lifetime anyway would have won more silverware.
2: No, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we well, won the that uh for I don't know, well, whatever it's called now, it's a hundred names in it. Football league trophy.
0: But it was two two Welsh Cups, the Johnson's yeah. paint trophy at the time and Johnson the paint playoffs. Trophy. Yeah. League two uh playoffs. Well no and, we, we we got our automatic. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, automatic promotion. I, you would have got us. Well, did you get like a runner-up in the playoffs for League One? That's I don't what know. I mean. That's what You get something. Maybe get a medal. Say yeah, got to the final, but it's not the medal you want. I'm just saying, in terms of silverware, there's three cups and a yeah and a promotion to go with that. So very successful time and yeah. So go check that out if you haven't already. It's uh, up on the channel. I'll try and remember to link it below if I can. And if you're on Spotify, it'll be the last episode. So just jump jump back one and um, check that out. And if you are on Spotify as well, if you don't mind clicking the rating, give us a five star if you wouldn't mind. It is Christmas if you're festive. We would really appreciate it. And I think there's a and a as well that pops up on your device uh, that asks kind of like how you found the episode. So we do read the feedback and try and take it on board uh, to try and improve going forward as well. So we would like to get more people like that on the channel. Obviously, it's not always the easiest thing and it does take time to organize, but that's the intention going forward is to have more content like that when we're able to organize it anyway. So uh, watch this space, I guess, and we'll see what we can do going into 2024. Uh, But right now, it's not just us looking to improve going into 2024, but on the pitch at Swansea as well, there's a lot of change and a lot of like, well, I guess, No one really knows the direction going into 2024. Um, We didn't do an episode, as I said last week, about the Sitch of the Club. Our podcast last week was dedicated to Kenny Jackett, so we skipped a week. However, there's still no resolution to the manager situation that we would have touched on the week before when we spoke about Michael Duff being sacked. So it's been two weeks since that news, and we're still none the wiser to where we're going as a club um, there's a few clubs in the league that are in our situation as far as I understand Rotherham still haven't hired Sunderland still haven't hired Stoke yeah Stoke is still, still is still looking Still looking. so yeah. there's a few clubs without a manager in the league um, so I don't know why it like, is is there something going on here? Like, no one wants to take over for Christmas? I don't know, but um for us ourselves, it's all we can talk about, and the the name on everyone's lips and was very expected to take the job was Chris Davis, and uh, we're recording this now on Sunday the 17th. Uh, obviously, Swansea played yesterday, Saturday against Millsborough, which we'll get on to, um, but in the evening after that game, it was, I want to say confirmed what we assume is confirmed because it came out from reputable yeah. sources like BBC and Sky that Chris Davis is not going to be taken over the Swans and that it didn't work out and they have not managed to get it over the line. So, okay, the start of that news, what do you make of, uh, of that news?
2: Yeah, I'm a bit gutted because when you think it's going to happen, you can, you get your head around it anew. And I thought it was actually quite an exciting, quite an exciting manager. I always say, I really like the way we appoint managers. It was, you know, a, a young manager. He was here with Brendan Rogers. He was well, he followed Brendan Rogers <coughs> to a lot of places. And I thought it makes sense on paper. That's a really good appointment for us. He's likely to play good football. I mean, he's coaching at Spurs now, who are playing really good football. Um, and they were speaking highly of him, like Pastor Coglu was saying, you know, that, you know, we didn't want him to go, but he wasn't going to stand in his way. So I think over the last, like, couple of games, you kind of just. You know, even though they weren't great to watch under Sheehan and, you know, that is what it is and we've come on to that. But you kind of just got ready thinking, oh, this is okay because we know he's coming in. And then yeah. just for it to be, you know, and by all accounts, it was going to happen this week. I was really looking forward to going to the Preston game on Friday night. Like, I'm, um, you know, finishing work on Friday before Christmas, going to that game, first game under Chris Davis. I thought, oh, this is going to be, it's really going to bring the buzz around the club. And then it just seemed like it was just, we had the game yesterday that we lost in that fashion. And then after the game, then it was just pulled out underneath us. So it just created even more bad feeling. Then last night, it was just a bit of a, a bit of a horrendous day really all around. And then we're yeah. the wiser now who's going to, who else is in the mix to take over?
0: And it's hard to even see, right? And I know there'll be people who have maybe have inside knowledge and all say they have, but I think no one really knows. You look at the bookies and Chris Davis is still a two to one favourite, but like, how much? Do you re- how, how much can you read into this list at all? When by all accounts he was ruled out yesterday and he's still sitting as the favourite. Like, who actually knows what the situation is now? Second place favourite is Alan Sheehan five to two, and then you go Wiggins' manager Sean Maloney on the same odds. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what who they're looking at. By all accounts, there's a short list of managers as a backup plan if Chris Davis didn't work out. So whether that's now being worked on, they go into target two, and how plausible that is, or who that is, I have no idea. And I just hope that it doesn't take that long because two weeks ago we said, look, they got a little bit of time, but they can't take too much time because the new manager needs to come in. He needs to see what he's got in the squad so that he can address anything urgent in January. We're now on the seventeenth of December and because that news only broke yesterday, you think, okay, well it's not like they're gonna announce someone tomorrow now. Like they're gonna have to kind of start talks again and go down that route with whoever it may be. So how long realistically until that person could come into the building? If it's another week, then you're a week away from January transfer window and how long do you need to assess your squad before you can spend money. In January, it's quite easy to overspend as well, just because prices are inflated and people don't want to let, the clubs don't want to let players go in January necessarily, so it's hard to get a bargain sometimes. I don't know, I feel like it's going to be hard, that's all.
2: Yeah, and you don't want to, I'm I'm worried about rushing into a manager as well, it's kind of like, I think we had a lot of, you know, we put a lot of our eggs in that basket I think, with Chris Davis it seemed like anyway, because now that that's not happening, I think everybody, like fans, and we're just kind of like, well, wh- who is it going to be? And you don't want to, you don't want to just kind of go for whoever's available. As much as we do need a manager to come in pretty soon, you don't want to make the wrong decision either. Because I think we've said it before. I think this is probably the most important appointment we'll make since, well, well, ever really. I guess it's you know t- to date. Because I think if we get this wrong, you know. I think I think we'll know where we where we'll end up. So yeah. I don't know to be honest. And I, I the, the problem is as well. I think the way the bad feeling is at the club at the moment. I think unless it's I don't know unless it's kind of like a name that that jumps out of you and you can get you can get excited about. I think a lot of people are just going to be unhappy. Like I think like you said, if someone like Nathan Jones was to be appointed or like Sean Maloney, I think it's just not really going to lift. It's not really going to lift the mood and you're already up against it like i think you saw yeah. with duff like early on the fans didn't really take to him and it was just bad feelings With so the new manager comes in we're already in a bit of a you know a bit of a bit of a sad time really at the moment um i think if the, you know if a manager comes in that everybody's kind of like oh well that's not very exciting and then i think the mood is just going to be even worse it's going to be an even bigger job for the new man to come in so yeah, I I don't know to be honest. I really I'm, I'm a little bit worried at the moment because I I don't know who's out there. I'm sure someone will come from nowhere. I think you're right as well. Like you look at the you look at the bookies odds and it's always like nowhere near, is it? You know, like Chris Davis creaked up eventually. Obviously, there was something in the pipeline, but it's normally somebody that nobody knows about that comes from nowhere. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see who it is.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, really. And I guess there's a chance that it goes to Alan Sheehan. Now, we'll go into his little run as Swansea Caretaker boss now. I'm a little bit less concerned if he did end up getting a job after yesterday's performance than I was before it, is why I will say. I think it is hard, and, and we've all been guilty of it. Twitter's rife with it, of uh, judging him as a manager over his two games but it's kind of an impossible job to to change anything in the, the low amount of time that he's had in that role so you know we're expecting a bit too much to to really see a change on the pitch that soon but what the facts are is he got four points away from home even if we didn't play very well and didn't look very nice and when he did have a full well it wasn't even a full week was it he had a couple of days before his first home game Changed some stuff. Obviously, they must have been working on things because the formation changed going into Middlesbrough, and uh, it did look a bit better by all accounts. So, you know, that's a little bit of progress. You've seen some progress within a week with some points important points gone in with it as well. People will say we were harsh to maybe have not got anything yesterday, so maybe they're tough tough earned points but he's getting points and you can see some sort of progress on the pitch so if he does end up getting a job i'm a little bit more comfortable after yesterday's performance than i was maybe after the week uh, the midweek game against stoke
2: yeah i mean we've said this a million times maybe when you have a three game week i always look to see how many teams like win all games and it was only leicester that won all three um ipswich had two wins and a, and a draw in their derby and nobody else won all three there's like draw loss win draw win last i'm looking at the league the, the form table rotherham lost all three but it's kind of the, it's kind of the championship i think when you kind of step back and have a look um it's not too bad i guess in a week to take four points but um i think the the, the problem was with she and i think when we beat rotherham away last weekend and there was kind of a really good feeling. I think the players rally around him because I think he is quite a likable guy, isn't he? He speaks yeah. quite well, and he's quite young as well. He's quite refreshing, and I think people can connect with that. But then I think the Stoke game in midweek, it was awful. That game, I don't know how we got away a draw with that. I mean, I'll take it. But
0: they the game were just, was just so bad. bad. No, just of course they were. Bad, yeah, to be fair.
2: of course yeah. they were. But I think that kind of that kind of worried everybody then, as in like, oh my god, we cannot have. Him until the end of the season, including yeah. myself. After that game, I no, thought, "Oh my the God, yeah. there's no way." But you know, again, we're all guilty, are we? We got to step back. And even if a new manager comes in, there may be a bit of a rough road in the first three, four games. You know, you gotta give, you gotta give a manager time. So, you know, I, I, I think I, mean, I think I agree with you a bit. I wouldn't be overly worried if he takes over. I think the objective for this season is just to stay in the league. As sad as that is, the playoffs is gone. Um, you know, we're not really going to do anything this year. I think the objective is to just kind of consolidate in that position and wait till we get the right manager. So, if we do need to have, you know, two, three more games with Sheehan in charge, the players seem to like him. I, you know, from what I see, if he can just, you know, if the players can just rally around him and get, he can get some decent performances out, which I think they did play all right, especially in the first half yesterday, then that might be enough just to
0: see us through into finding the new manager. So, well, I, even even if he, you know, if if they're struggling to get the right man now, I'd rather not rush it. I'd just say yeah, take exactly. It to that's the what I mean. I think
2: yeah. And well, I think I think we'll have we'll to appoint someone. I think we'll have to appoint someone before the end of the season if it's not going to be Sheehan going forward, which I don't think it will be. Um, we just have to bring in the right person before the end of the season, so maybe they can have you know a bit no, of the end of what season I mean. going if, into next year.
0: If the right person's not attainable until a summer, oh yeah yeah, then I'd say take over. Till the end of the season, and if he does an amazing job, then maybe he does put us out in the ring. I don't know. I know it if, depends if, how much you. If they it. can't get someone in now, and the only options they can get in now are not like, okay, I'm not really sure we want these guys. We're just getting one for the sake of it. Then I'd happily yeah. say, right, have a contract for the summer, and then we're yeah. going to reassess.
2: Yeah. No. I. Well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about him having it for the rest of the no, season.
0: No, but... I'm saying if I'd rather that than them to rush someone. I guess I'm. Gonna oh put yeah, Nathan yeah, Jones in. Yeah, oh you know I mean? yeah, yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. If that's yeah. what the I'd option rather... is, is that the only option they have available to them? Nathan Jones, for example. I'm just saying him because I know he's been floating around and he's still floating around now, four to one. Like if if they've exhausted all their options, where they're like unsure, really, they're not convinced on someone, and they're like, right, we're just going to give it to Nathan Jones because we think he'll do a job. Hmm. Then I'd rather just say to Sheehan, just have it until and we will reassess. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, no, that is right. I'd rather them get it right. Um, I'd rather them get the right man because I think obviously we know when you get it wrong, uh, you're you're in big trouble. Especially if you get it wrong twice in one season. Um, yeah, we've we've seen what happens there. But I I don't know. It depends what position we're in as well because if we, you know, he did pick up four points, but then if we go and lose against Preston and then you know we've got. Southampton away after that and then we've got Coventry away over Christmas in that run of games when you come into January we could be really looking over our shoulder and we may just I don't know we may need someone to come in to stop the disaster happening but that's worst case scenario isn't it I mean fingers crossed it doesn't get to that
0: Yeah I mean I'm still not overly concerned about about relegation right now because just from what I can see in front of me like We did pick up a decent points return in the away games under him when we had the change. And if you look at the form table, there's a few that did pick up a little bit. So Huddersfield, QPR and Sheffield Wednesday just had a brief spell where they picked up. Sheffield, perhaps you could argue, was still in there, but then they did play QPR, so they were playing each other. QPR had their three wins and are now maybe, I don't know, they they haven't won for two again. And Huddersfield, after their little spell, haven't won in four. So... It's still a big ask for them teams on the bottom. I think Rotherham. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure they're going to get out to this. They, they, they've got four wins in the last five with just one draw, and they obviously still haven't. They haven't had a manager for about a month, so whoever comes in there has got a mammoth task to turn that around. But I think from what I saw against with Stoke, they just look awful, and that's been. We talk about our situation coming for a long, a long time, coming to where we are now they've kind of been the same but worse since they came down with us where they spent a lot of money and it never worked and they're still in this situation.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I don't know, the worrying thing for me, I don't, I don't want to be too negative, but I think that we are in a bit, well, we're not in a relegation fight at the moment, but I think with the, with the fixtures that we got coming up, you know, we could play well in those fixtures and just not get, we could just not get results, you know. And I'm just looking at the table, and I think you're probably right. I think Rotherham, you've got Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, and QPR in the bottom three at the moment. I think two out of those three will go. And then between the relegation zone and us, you've got Stoke, who are looking for a manager. And I think they drew this afternoon away to West Brom, didn't they? Who knows? So, uh, Stoke.
0: I forgot it was games on today. It's three o'clock in there, Jesus. Yeah, Thank I know. You. Yeah,
2: they drew away West Brom today. I think so. That you know, that's a decent result. And then after that, so if if they bring in if they bring in a tidy manager Stoke and they get a bit of a bounce, they'll you know they'll probably push away from the relegation zone. And then the only thing between us and uh, the relegation zone then is Millwall and Huddersfield. And they played each other yesterday and drew. And they Huddersfield got a last minute penalty and it was a like ninety eighth minute penalty and they drew with each other. I think that those teams probably have a bit more fight in us than us. Do you think um, Millwall
0: are on really bad form
2: right now? I know, but I think if it comes like down to it, I think Millwall can pull themselves out of that.
0: I just Did we not beat them 3-0? Yeah,
2: but that's when we were we played them at the right time, didn't we? We were we were playing well at the time. I don't know. I I again, I don't like I said I don't think we're built for a relegation fight. Now a massive a massive factor is having our injuries back, so I think like when Wood comes back and I would say okay. Joe Allen, but I What I
0: would say about be. Millwall, right, just to counter your point, looking at their fixtures. So they've only had one win in the last seven games, and that was against Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, seven games ago, Sheffield were rubbish. Um, and before that, they didn't win for five matches, and their win before that was against Plymouth, another team that came up. And then before that, their only win in the five matches prior to that was against Rotherham. So,
2: yeah, so they were, they are winning the, they are winning the six pointers. They're winning the big, uh, the big, I, what I'm saying is like, yeah, they are in a, they are in a real bad run of form at the moment. But what I'm saying is if we got down to, I don't know, say, say we got down to like 10 games left and hopefully this doesn't happen. This is all hypothetical, but say we got down to 10 games left and you know, Millwall are in the relegation zone and we're one place out and they're a point between us. I fully expect Millwall to have a bit more fight in them. I much you'd back them to pick up the hard points on the road and you know nick someone at home than, than, than we would. So that's what I'm saying.
0: I would be more confident in. I don't know, it's hard. I think we're both suffering the same problems looking at this. I was going to say I would be more confident in us. If we are away from home, getting the result because our home form is what's costing us. we we're, we're, we're ninth in the way table.
2: We're, we're away from home. We're fine because we don't yeah. play in front of our fans. I think that's. What, I think that's a massive factor. Genuine. I think it is a huge factor. Um, that's what I'm saying. If we got in a relegation fight where your home, you know, your home games need to be fortress, whereas everybody backs against the wall, it would just be booing and shouting because they made a pass backwards or. Yeah. It would it would be a it would be a bad atmosphere. It wouldn't be Oh my god, we're fighting to stay up. It would be a bad atmosphere. Whereas I think places like Millwall are hard to go anyway. I think if they were in a relegation fight they would probably rally a bit. Like I hope I'm wrong. Like I I'd like to think wanna, we would fight, but
0: I got the home table here as well. Go on. Swan's are twentieth with eleven points. Millwall are last with nine. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so I think, they're in a, I think they're in a. They've only. Sco- like. Oh, that's at home. They're struggling to score goals, aren't they? and they? And they're not really def- uh, defending very well. They've scored 20, 24 goals and conceded 31. So we've scored six more goals, conceded the same. I just. I know what you're saying. I understand it. I just don't know whether we'll be. I think they're in a bit of trouble. I think they're oh, yeah, they they trouble. They've they been in trouble. edging their way further down. I know we have too, but. More so than us, they've also had a managerial change already, haven't they? Yeah,
2: yeah this route, season.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, which which hasn't worked clearly. They've already changed the manager, and they haven't won in five.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that's the yeah. I know that's what we're saying about new managers. Oh, they mean, they got to have a bit of time, have not they? But
0: um, but they they did their they, like they may. They
2: start. They may start picking up form. So they're only three points from us, mind. I mean, that's only that's only one. Well,
0: game. yeah, no, no, I understand. I understand that. I'm not. I'm not saying. Um, we're, we're in light and day above them. I just, I don't know. I just, if you look at their results as well, like the other two wins that they picked up this season were against Stoke and Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough being the first game of the season and Middlesbrough had a really bad start, didn't they? So they've literally only beat teams below them. Yeah. Other than Middlesbrough and Stoke, which is in the same sort of category in the, in the table. Um, whereas what I would say about us is we have. You know, we got a few results against teams higher up the table, and I don't know. Maybe I'm being biased, but I, I think we got a little bit more there. Um, obviously, I haven't speaking to the Millers, the Millwall fans, as well. When I spoke to them before a match earlier this season, they um, they're not very they're quite worried as well. I think.
2: Yeah, But bit. we'll see. I think. We'll see I which think. I think I, right. think. I think a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of teams in that bracket. I think from. I guess you could say from us uh Birmingham maybe and Plymouth I think from 16th down I guess everybody would kind of feel they're in a bit of trouble unless they unless they kick on from you yeah um so I you know it's, it, that's why again the managerial appointments are going to be really important for us and Stoke there in that mix
0: it's crazy um, how much one win would change like if we had won yesterday all of a sudden where eight points clear, you just have a little you just feel a bit better, don't you?
2: Yeah, it is massive. Again, I think uh, what I said tonight when we drew with we Huddersfield in that game, didn't we, when Duff got sacked, I think without Patino's last minute equalizer, we were twenty first in our last place above the relegation zone. And I think like I said, even the points, even though the points were you know, we had a bit of a gap there and we were only like on the same points as everybody above us just being in that position just makes you start twitching a little bit
0: I don't know Yeah, maybe I mean, it's, uh, it's a busy fixture period at this time of year so in two weeks' time it could all look different, couldn't it? You said Coventry away is one of our upcoming games but, you know, they're only sitting two points ahead of us
2: Yeah, I know, yeah, I know but, they, you know, I don't
0: They picked up recently though
2: Yeah, they drew a lead yesterday, didn't they? Uh, yeah, we I think so. I was, that's a good result for them. Look, I, and again, we probably we will pick up points over Christmas. I think at somewhere. Um, it's just the nature of the championship. But I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to be positive, but I'm I'm really worried at the moment. I think um, we're in a bad spot. I think if we if we get this wrong and we start still picking up bad results, I think we we're, we're not immune from being in a relegation fight.
0: Yeah. So let's have a look at uh, Sheehan's three games anyway. Um, so I guess was if you if we had done this video before yesterday, I probably would have been more bleak than I'm being. I'm more in tune to what you're saying, but I think yesterday, for me, I saw enough to say you know there's definitely still something there. There's definitely something that can be got after this team and after these players. I think the better team maybe lost the game yesterday. Maybe you could say a draw would have been more fair, but I think I don't know if Millerspråk were the better team to get an away win, you know. And we could talk about the goals because that's my biggest concern is our mistakes and our defending. That's what the issue is. This is why I'm worried. Maybe clinicalness as well. But then part of that is like, is Jamal Lowe really someone that you can expect to lead the line? We have, maybe that is our second biggest issue, I guess, this season is bad defending and no striker that is just like a focal point that you can trust as a focal point in the attack which can bring other players in and all of the stuff that goes with it. Yates, I, I, know, I know he's been doing it most of the season, but his goal return and assist return probably speaks volumes to what I'm saying here. And the goals for the team this season have literally come from the team. And that's a good trait to have. But also, I think you'll find the top teams usually will have uh, someone that is up, up in the charts... Away from the other players in the team, if that makes sense. Like someone who was a top goal scorer, quite clearly for your club. And we haven't really got that at the moment.
2: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
1: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
0: Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swan's TV, CV, grab your phone and order a McDelivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Are participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and term supply? See McDonald's.com. I don't know um, if what you think about. Are you on mute? I think you're on mute. Yeah, they,
2: sorry. This is my. Uh, I was just careful I wasn't doing a Darth Vader impression again. But the. Uh, my. <laughs> the, I think you're right. My, my, the same with you. This is why I'm worried about us being in a fight, is because we've kind of got the same traits that we've had now with defending uh for the last like i don't know say two seasons three seasons where defensively we are so poor and it's just got worse this season going forward this mm-hmm. season not really been an issue like we looked at it on one of the podcasts where even under duff in the first games under him we've actually scored more goals but conceded more i think that kind of speaks volumes yesterday was a great example of why we're struggling because we played so well Probably deserved to be ahead. A couple of chances missed, you know. We looked so much better going forward. But then we've just always got that spell in us where we just concede these stupid goals. Like, And it's coming, you, you can feel it coming in every game, no matter how well we play. Hull was another good example, home. We played so well in our first half. We were 2 0 up. But you're just waiting for that spell where we just implode.
0: Yeah, but and we did teams... it against Rotherham as well. Nearly lost, but yeah. well, not lost, but well, like exa- yeah, nearly through exactly. the game.
2: Exactly. I mean, if, if we if we hadn't won that game, that would have been a bit, you know, there would have been uproar after that game instead of the Stoke game. We kind of shifted it because we managed to get the result. But yeah, you're right. I forgot about that because there was that spell where you thought Rotherham were kind of nick it you when he went to one all. Um, it's just we always seem to hit that spell and we can't get out of it. It's normally after half time. We always concede either before or after half time. That's when our prime yeah. time is for conceding. It's been goals. a few games
0: that we've let leads slip, has not it? But just, like, the goals we can see, like, the Leeds game,
2: right, fair enough, we managed to get, we managed to go ahead against Leeds, it was great, fair enough. And then, like, right on half-time, I know Perot scored, we went to one-all, and then right on half-time, is that one lump ball through the middle, um, and Humphreys is just watching it, and then they score. And then yesterday, it was just, like, one ball in midfield, straight through the middle of the centre-half's goal, and then, we, don't even get me started on that second goal, the Middlesbrough scored yesterday, it's just an absolute joke of defending from... Goalkeeper, the defenders, to everything—it's just—it's a shambles. You wouldn't see that in Sunday League.
0: Even the, the goal we conceded against Stoke, I think, was uh, look like the it was a penalty, wasn't it? But yeah. why is Harry Darlin on the floor, like swinging his legs about?
2: One, one of them, one of them three—whether it's Darlin, Humphreys or Cabango—has got an absolute howler in them every game, and usually combined, they just look all over the place. Sometimes, when we concede. I, it's just, it's just really concerning me. Defence, Cabango in that Stoke game, you should have been sent off. He was definitely trying to get Christmas off. He just went wild and just took someone out on halfway line where there wasn't even that like danger. Yeah. He just went in really <laughs> high.
0: That's what I was going to caveat the draw against Stoke. Like maybe we could say the penalty was a bit harsh. I was going to say about Darlin swinging his legs around. He kind of asked the question because of the way that he went down and tried to like regather the ball. In a quite wild way, I don't necessarily know how much contact there was, but if the ref can't see properly and all he can see is swinging legs and then a the player going down in the box, you you kind of make an, him make a decision, and you whether you want to say it should have shouldn't have been a penalty. But we got we conceded the penalty, but we perhaps we were lucky to not go down to ten men in the first half. <laughs> like, stupid tackle by Cabango, I thought.
2: Yeah, and this is yeah, and this is why I'm concerned because I think just overall. Even even with Sheehan coming in and taking over, that's not changed. And a lot of it, look, like we said, is the is the players. A lot of them are just not, just not doing it. There's so many players in that squad that are just not but performing.
0: Speaking of the players, do you know? Obviously, the manager for the last couple of weeks, because cause Duff obviously haven't been managing, and it was it was one of the players being manager for the last couple of weeks. Grimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was his fault apparently that we were so poor up at Stoke. Um, I
2: will, uh, yeah. I w- I will say like I don't think Grimes has been playing that well either recently. I don't think he's been four,
0: playing that well, but I don't think it's also entirely all his fault. In terms oh of no, 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 it's not. It's not ball. all.
2: It's not all his fault. Would you it's drop just,
0: him like, though? Would you? Would you drop? No,
2: no, no. Of course you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't drop him. I'm just saying like normally, he's. Uh, I mean, all through last season and even in a lot of games under Duff, he was consistently still, yeah, at that level. But like over the last, like I'd say, the last like two or three games under Duff, and now into Sheehan's uh, couple of games, he's not been at that high level that he normally is.
0: But I think he's the sort of player that if you want to get the best out of him, there needs to be some sort of structure around him and what yeah, the team's yeah. doing. And yeah. what is that right now?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. So how, and like this... he
0: can't play his game when there's, there isn't a game. Is yeah. what I. I
2: know what you mean.
0: Um but well I was gonna say he got the assist for the equalizing goal against uh Stoke, Harry Darling scored a header from the corner, and that cross was immaculate. People criticize his delivery quite often. I just think it's fair to point out when uh yeah, it was good when ball, it's good. I was having yeah. a bit of a discussion on Facebook with a with someone who's criticizing his um lack of goal contributions as a midfielder. Saying how over the years, it's just been abysmal how how much he doesn't score or assist yet. I just pointed out that last season he got seven assists, which are a top amount of assists for a midfielder. And this season he's on three, which is only second to Patino. Um, but Patino apparently is God. So, I'm I, the, not sure.
2: On, on this, uh, while, while we're there, because this is one thing, has the, has the Patino obsession ended yet? Cause... No, it
0: hasn't. It was so much I, criticism I, I when he didn't start yesterday.
2: I don't understand. I don't understand it because apparently that was Duff's downfall that we're not playing our best player, who's Patino apparently, and he's just not doing it for me. Yeah. So, so
0: so back to the Stoke game. Um, so the, the, where where I was going with this whole Grimes thing? Everyone's having to go at Grimes. People were saying like, why is Grimes not being subbed off? Why is Patino being subbed off? But Patino had a, a shock in first half.
2: He was awful against Stoke. They he hooked him a half time, didn't he? He was awful. Yeah.
0: This is this is what I mean. So, like I said it all season, he is not fit enough, right? No, whatever he's not. The reason, he's not enough. Whatever the reason is, right? And every time I've said this, the co- the response back to me has been, "What do you mean he's not fit enough? He like, He comes from a Premier League club. He should be fit enough." Okay, that's fine if you think he should be, but he isn't. Doesn't matter what you think he should be, he can't do it. He's not fit enough. Some people look. Like, I I don't know what this mentality is around like they're professional players, they should be able to do this, they earn enough money, they should be able to do this, right? Unfortunately, your profession and your paycheck doesn't directly correlate to your physical attributes. Some people are just a little bit less fit than others, or like, yeah, you can probably train into it, but he's still a kid, he's still, what, 19? So the reason that he's come on loan from Arsenal to a championship club for the second season in a row is to continue to develop, otherwise he wouldn't be here, so he isn't fit enough that 's something he needs to work on in his game, and we were playing against Stoke midweek after he started on the weekend, and lo and behold, he put in a worse performance because he was tired, and that 's why he got subbed to half time. so that when I used to stick up for Duff and say the reason that Patino hasn't started every single game is because there's always when it was three games in a week and he would always not start one of them, like after he started the previous one, and then he'd come back into the team. And this is literally the reason. Now, when they sub him at half-time, you do realise like they have this data, they've got these packs on their back that will say to the management and the coaches how how well they're physically doing, and it's, they know when the players are struggling. You might not necessarily see it on the pitch because they're still doing certain things on the pitch, but they can see when like they're half a yard off a run or they're half a yard off something that normally they would be getting to and it's all there in the data and these packs they were in their back and that's where they get the information from to know when they need to make these decisions so like they get ahead of it and you don't want someone really struggling on the pitch because they've already run out of steam and then as a result of that we can see the goal you want to get ahead of that so that it doesn't impact the result uh but yeah i just get a bit confused by the constant um
2: yeah it's i look i again we've talked about it he's not a bad player of course, he's not a bad player. We've seen touches of brilliance from him, but the only reason I push back on it is because you just keep seeing it like rammed down your throat. Like, oh my god, he should be starting every game. Yeah. And he's our best player, and then you're like, oh well, hang on. Like, I think he's good, but what I've seen of him, I'm not like he has to start. And it speaks volumes when two managers have like not put him on thing. the bench. I've done the same thing. It's just there's got to be something in it. You know, this you know, Duff yeah. didn't play him every game, and then fair enough. Okay, people think he got it wrong. Fine, but then Sheehan's come in now, and you know, even though he scored the even though he scored the equalizer against Huddersfield and
0: yeah, scored but, like but off
2: his back in, against against he came off the bench still... against
0: Huddersfield, so he's going to be fitter than the people out there because he hasn't played for the entire match. You're going to get the best out of him.
2: Yeah, I know, but I think I like him. Say it just speaks volumes that like two managers have not started him consistently. I think that says no, a lot. I agree. I think it's he's a good, option, one it's of a good option to have. It's a good option to have. Like yeah. you know, obviously he's a good player, but I just people just need to calm down the obsession because I don't see it.
0: I personally think he's been one of our better players this season. He has been, but when he's not on it, he's not on it, and I, he's not immune to that. And yeah. from what I've seen, that is just down to fitness, and it's the same reason that he gets subbed every game, like sixty minutes. Because I yep. think he just starts flagging. And you can just tell. The first half, he's had a really good first half. Second half starts, and the more it goes on, you just, it just disappears. You just don't yep. see him doing anything. And that's been a consistent thing all season. And, and it's fine. Like I said, he's a kid and he's learning, he's developing. I'm sure he's working on those things. But like you've got to respect that. And if he needs to come off, he needs to come off. And if he's not ready to start the next game, he's not ready to start, you've got other players. You've got a squad to be able to then rotate. And I don't think you should be slandering everyone that comes in for this player that you think is just the best player that is ever. Um, <laughs> I think he's been one of our best players this season. I'm not here to criticise Charlie Patino, but no, no, I agree. This yeah. whole agenda of like he has to start and play 90 minutes week in, week out, you're going to ruin the boy before he's even started his career, if that is the case, because he is not going to be able to do it. And the more you force it out of him, the worse he will play because his legs will be gone. Yeah, I don't
2: know what and his record look- was like for... Uh- Blackpool last season. I don't know if he it like started. To... I mean, that'd be interesting to see. No, I think it was like,
0: quite similar. I think it was quite. Ah, uh,
2: well, there we go. That that'd be interesting to look at that because that's uh, that that I, I totally agree with you. I don't think he's a bad player at all. I just think they've got to manage him. If we can manage him right and we get the best out of him, and they play him for sixty minutes, and then yeah. you know when Joe Allen's fit, like he comes on and finishes the game off, or they they rotate with like Walsh and Fulton or whatever, then that's what we've got to do. But then. I agree with you. Stop ramming it down my throat that oh you've got it wrong because Patino doesn't start instantly the team sheet comes out and he's on the bench. Oh my god, he's on the bench. It's horrendous. Oh my god, he's awful. Like
0: Yeah. Oh, I can't believe Grimes and Felton are starting together again. It doesn't work. I just trying to put that to bed as well, right? Because it worked for Potter, it worked for Cooper, and it worked for Martin. So why does it not work all of a sudden? They've played exactly, yeah, each other, saying, each other for like, when, like six years.
2: Yeah, it's like when we're saying, like with Patino, like two managers have done the same thing. If those, like, three, four managers have all done the same thing and Grimes and Fulton largely play together, it
0: works. They literally played together for the two seasons we got into the playoffs. They were the midfielders, the two midfielders, for the majority of that. Okay, you, you might have had a Corey Smith coming in or you might have had a Horahan coming in at certain points, but Cooper generally played three in midfield anyway. Um and no one, no one had this agenda then where Grimes and Felton just can't play together. But now all of a sudden, Grimes and Felton can't play together. just doesn't work. They just can't play. They're too defensive. They literally have done it for years under several managers. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with them playing together. Maybe the style of play is causing issues. But I don't know why. This is why I was coming back to Grimes in general. Like It's the, the issues that we're not getting the best out of him is because... The style right now like it's it's difficult to see what that is and i think he's struggling to perform at his best because sometimes you're looking forward there's no one to pass to and then there's criticism for passing backwards and then what, what is the answer but um i don't think we're getting the best out of him but he's having an okay season i think felton has done fine this season i think patino has been really good but you can't play 90 minutes every game and it's not not really anything else to say
2: yeah no i agree i think uh Again, while we're on the midfielder, Walsh played well yesterday, especially in the
0: first half. Yeah, so that's what I was going to transition into with the whole Patino thing as well. Um, Obviously, there was riots with the team selection yesterday when it was announced. Um, I saw comments saying like he's basically decided because of where Middlesbrough are in the league, we're just going to lose this one before we've even kicked off. Um, Obviously, he's changed the formation. Uh, Liam Walsh and Jamie Patterson played together quite a lot before they came to Swansea. So they have a bit of a relationship there. Liam Walsh was actually speaking about this in an interview recently saying that he wants to strike that partnership back up and he knows him and Patterson can play really well off each other and he hopes that they get the opportunities to do that. And I think we saw the best of that yesterday against uh, Middlesbrough and I think Liam Walsh played one of, if not his best game in a Swan shirt. Um, and it's nice to see after the game, everyone is singing his praises a little bit because he did pull the strings and had a really good game. And we haven't seen that enough because of his injuries. But that shows there is other options there. And he's been sitting on and around the bench for quite some time now. Uh, maybe not being rushed back from his injury because we've done him out, out again. And it's been touch wood <laughs> a long time since his last one. But he's definitely got something to offer. I think he had a really yeah. good game yesterday. But I
2: think like this has always been the thing with him. Like Last season, he came in and he played really well. And... He was like towards the end of the season. He was in that good run we had. He was he was brilliant, and then he kind of disappears. And I think this is just happening every season where, again, he can't play. You know, you probably can't. You can't risk playing him in, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and then the, the the full fixture list over Christmas is because he will pick up an injury, and that's it is a bit of a problem, and it is unlucky. But yeah, like in all fairness to him, when he is fit. And you can get a tune out of him. He's uh, he's a very good player. Like he's he's had some good performances for us. It's just frustrating that uh, you, you know he's kind of not fit either. If you want to put him in that bracket,
0: yeah, I think is uh, yesterday was quite. I was really impressed with his delivery from set pieces.
2: Yeah, he's got a lovely touch. I mean, and he was unlucky not to score as well. He had one that just went past the post. He was like yeah, if a if right.
0: Mister Sitter. I think he probably should do better. To be fair, he should at the he target. He needs to at least put it on target. target. Yeah,
2: yeah, he needs to put the target there. But he created a lot, like he seemed to be at the heart of I think he moves the ball a bit quicker. Like I think what I get with people with like Fulton and Grimes is maybe they, they don't they they're not that type of player. They want like a like a ten sort of role where someone gets the ball quick and they move it on. Like but then they're, they're not those players. They sit deep and they do what they do. But Walchester they kind of picked up that role, like that trio could work. Because yeah. Walsh kind of does what they don't do and they do what he doesn't do and it does work and like that first half we played really well we looked good going forward and Walsh was
0: brilliant so it looked like he played a 3-4-2-1 with uh, Walsh and Patterson behind low up front sort of Um, but you are right people have been I mentioned again this is why I mentioned it but the whole Grimes felt and dynamic in the middle maybe hasn't worked because there hasn't been something else to allow it to work so having someone like Walsh there maybe allows them to to work uh, as a midfield too and that might have been something that we are missing a little bit of a spark there I think we're still missing a bit of pace but someone like that complements those two because it allows them to do what they are doing and neither Grimes nor Felton is incapable of getting forward and adding to an attack I just don't think they are they should be the instigator or the one that's trying to get that going and move her along whereas I think Walsh is capable of doing that and other others, maybe maybe Oli Cooper if he was performing—that's yeah. what we thought he was going to offer, but maybe fallen off a bit.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, he's he's been disappointing, but he's he's not the only one, is he? There's been no, and this is why we're in this position. I think while we're talking about some players, I just think there's been so many bad performances this year. There's been some good ones, you know. There's been, I think, possibly only Josh Key. I'm struggling to think of anyone else who's really stood out as like performing really well week in and week out. Apart from that, I think everybody else has. Rushworth had quite, as well, maybe. Rushworth, well, yeah,
0: minus yesterday. I oh, think he did have a few earlier in the season as well, but to to defend him again, and I defended Fisher a lot when he was making clangers, and I want to be fair. <laughs> um, he's a young goalkeeper, and he's only here to learn. He well, lucky year otherwise.
2: Look, pe- people, people slayed him yesterday. Saying he cost us the game, but I mean, he saved us. He's probably saved us about four or five points this year, at least, in some games where he's pulled off some massive saves. Or so he's had a game where he's pulled off about ten saves. Uh, Millwall being one of them. I remember like we won that game, but he made so many saves in that game. Sunderland. Some, yeah, he made so many saves. So I think like without him, we probably would be, you know, we dropped a few yeah. more
0: points. It's like when we had Woodman in there, like he was a young keeper, you're on loan to learn. Made a yeah. couple of errors sometimes, but that's what you have when you have a young keeper. That's why they come here to make these mistakes. So when they finish this part of their career, they go back a better keeper. That's the whole point.
2: I I don't think like when we talk about Rushworth, I don't think I don't think that's particularly uh, a weakness with us at the moment. A goalkeeper, I think there's. No way bigger fish to fry maybe it was
0: a, like a slight lapse in concentration yeah, probably is what caused yeah that. but
2: i think but i think even with the um okay the, the the back pass happened i think while we're on it the back pass happened um it's happened a couple of times this season i think um like darling or someone's come in and tackled and he's like sort of risked it and picked it up and i think he's kind of done the same thing thinking the ref's not going to pick that one up but uh even after that, should never concede from that free kick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even though he makes that mistake and they've got that free kick, you should never, ever concede from there. I,
0: baffling. It was fault, think. is it?
2: Oh, I have no, well, I think, bet- well, I was just singing his praises, but between Key, Darling and Cabango, they, I don't know what's happened. They've got something wrong because when you notice the ball at the back of the net, they all turn around and look at each other as if to say, like, what were you doing? What were you doing? What were you doing? It's kind of like the Spider Man meme, isn't it? When they're all just yeah. like, pointing at each other. So that just says, like, I they they got something wrong. They
0: did miscommunication. You if you've got a free, an indirect free kick from that sort of position, why is anyone leaving the inside post? Why is the person exactly. running at the free kick the guy on the inside post?
2: Exactly, exactly. That I don't know what who's communicated that. I have no idea because you leave someone on the post. You have you de- you have designated people that will run out to put the pressure on to put the block on. But surely you keep the people on the post. You keep some people on the line then you're in the right position. But it wasn't even the person who was on the post. Darling was on the post and runs out. Key was the next man in, runs out. And Cabango stays on the line. So they leave a two-man gap on that inside post. Yeah, I, I that was so poor. Yeah. I think it's still a little bit unlucky. It goes under Darling. But that's why you should have the people on the line just in case that does happen. Yeah,
0: but... You're never gonna from the position that they were shooting from. It was always going to stay low because they couldn't. I doubt they get the height to go above.
2: Exactly. You rare. You rarely see those indirect free kicks getting scored. Anyway, for them to be scoring from that close to the goal as well. Is, yeah, I don't know. Cost cost
0: us a point yesterday. Yeah, it's a shame because it was a I think a good performance otherwise, and I wasn't expecting to get anything out of the game beforehand. Uh, Jamalou scored an hour goal with a header. Um, perhaps we had enough <laughs> chances to get another one. This is what I was saying about the striker thing. I know we've scored a lot of goals this season, but you never... We're not really clinical, I don't think. As much as we have scored a few, we're not clinical.
2: No, we're not. We're not. Yeah, but this this is the issue we'll get to as well. I think this year, especially when we look at where it's going wrong, I think, OK, we have have looked OK going forward sometimes like yesterday, but... The players that we've got up front are just not not good enough. I know Lowe scored, he he did quite well yesterday to get low down to the header and score, but he just did
0: well well to get low down to the head. uh,
2: Yeah, I meant that. (laughs) I'd like to say I meant that, but you know, he did well on that goal in all fairness. But then you look at, I don't know, Yates. that's just just not worked out for me at all, still. still, And then he did that celebration of Rotherham as if to say, like, oh, you know, I'm. I scored goals and then he disappeared for the next two games, and he was awful against Stoke. Um, he
0: touched the ball twice yesterday in nine minutes,
2: and it just not worked. But the the, the issue is, I guess is this, this is a wider issue. I don't know if we come on to this now, but I think this like season has kind of been coming for a long time. I know it's easy now for everybody, and I'm, I'm the same to get really annoyed at the current situation, like the manager um Watson, all that's easy to just throw it all of that. But this has been coming for a long, long time. It's been coming for years. I think every transfer window we've come on here and I said it we get weaker every transfer window. And I think the window in the summer in hindsight now, I think that was kind of the final nail where we've kind of dropped into this position now that we're in the lower half of the table because Every year we seem to have like top performers. We seem to find them like Flynn Downs came in and Perot came in and Manning played well last year. And then the fact that we got rid of three of our top four goal scorers last year, I think it was just the final. That was just the final push. Like we lost Perot, we lost in Cham and Manning and combined, I think they scored like 32 goals. Which so was half of our goals from last year.
0: Goals plus assists contribution for Joel Perot last year was 21, and it was 15 for Manning.
2: Well, there we go. You look, you take those two out of that side...
0: Plus, and Sham was 11, and he was in third place. Yeah, look, you take those
2: three out of that side, there's no goals coming in that team. They've replaced that with Yates. And
0: creativity, because it's goals plus assists.
2: Exactly. We, we've replaced that with Yates, who are he's a different player to Perot. I think maybe it's unfair to compare them, but if you want to look at why we're struggling... That's it. Like we're we're really at a point where I think the cupboard is bare. I think the squad is decent, but there's always been that like underbelly in the squad that's not quite good enough. When we have a few injuries, or you know somebody doesn't play well, then it, it looks it looks quite bad. And I think that's where we are now. Like consistently, we've had a few injuries this year. We've lost Perro. We haven't replaced the good players that we've lost in this window, and I think we're in a really bad situation.
0: I think the Perot thing, maybe we didn't realise it until he was gone, but if he's still here and scoring at the same rate he did over the last two seasons, maybe it would be fair to say we would have had like what? Maybe, maybe we would have won two games that we drew, for example. Yeah. Um, which would give us four points, which puts us on 29. And I don't know, it just looks like a bit more healthy, than it?
2: I, th- no, I think you're right. And I think that's, that's just it. a
0: minimum. I think it's a minimum for it. Could be more. Like maybe you win two games, or you lose, you lose, and then that's what thirty-one points. And then all of a sudden, that could be ninth place.
2: No, I think th- I think you're spot on. And this is what like I try and so what I try and say when we're talking about it is that when you look at it last season, and people are like, oh, you know, people still point point to me like, oh, Russell Martin this, Russell Martin that. He had Perot, Manning and then Cham. Um like you said that had all them goals and assists. you take those three out of that squad and I got you know I think it would have been the same last year we would have had the struggles that we're having now but yeah I think we're in a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a bad situation it's why I'm worried because I don't think I don't think the squad is there like there's a few I think like Grimes is good and and Fulton and key maybe but apart from that I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing much in that squad no
0: one else you wouldn't say it's good enough.
2: Not, not at the moment. I'm not seeing anyone play well. Enough the one at the I would
0: say, like, has had a lot of praise this year is Patterson. Which, yeah, Patterson. right. Like, no, yeah. no, I think it's fair that he's had praise, but there's a big but to you because he has played well. But I think if we sign the number ten, he doesn't start. Like yeah. a proper yeah, number ten. Yeah, but he was out the door when. That's what I mean? But I think he's he's done well for. I think he's done okay because there's no one else really doing anything creatively up front, or at least until Balassi came and, well, like yes, they were Walsh, maybe he offered something. But otherwise, there's not been that much, no much, not, not, not much spark at all. And if you compare Patterson now, compared to Patterson in his first season, he's still below quite a lot where he was then. And he's a, he is a bit older now as well. But I just think what I'm trying to say is, if we had signed an out-and-out creative number 10, Patterson doesn't even get in a team. No. I, like, he's done well for what we have, for what we have here to offer, and he's playing he's done well as a result. But I don't think he's like a shining light. He's not like a standout player. He's not going to get into any other championship teams and walk in because he's playing that well. He's like Swansea's main man or anything like that. He's just had a couple of moments where he's, he's done, a, done a good job. He's not been anything special.
2: No, I, I agree. I think he's had he's had some good games, um and he's been quieter than others. But I think it's the same across the board with that attack. I think if you look at Lowe, Patterson, Yates, Cullen.
0: Yeah, I said it about Lowe though, didn't I, in the last in a recent episode where I think he needs yeah. to do more and yeah, he scored yesterday, but you didn't sign Jamal Lowe to score headers. Is there I know, is there
2: any, well, is there anyone else I'm missing? I'm thinking Cullen. Yeah, Cullen and but and then there's there's no one there. Janelli no was the one wasn't he, there. but he's just well. Janelli was the one this year. That's that was unlucky because I think he was starting to come into. I think he would have been a massive difference if he stayed fit. I think that would have been that would have been big. Oh, Balassi as well. We missed, but yeah, but
0: yeah. It's harsh to talk about Balassi because he's an emergency sign-in.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I, I think it's unfair, but this is what I'm saying. I just don't think the. <coughs>
0: but again, he's he's She's not, not fair. It's, it's kind of a more extreme version of the whole Patino argument I was making earlier, where it was criticism for Balassi not starting the game yesterday. But what he's got like 30 minutes of himself in a game. Didn't do anything and then, much against Stoke when he came on either. But that's what I mean. I think he came on the first the first appearance he made at home, where he was kind of electric for like half an hour. Yeah. But. Maybe now he's had a couple of games, his legs are gone a bit. Like you he's not seeing that same energy. What he shown on that first game, he made a big chance yesterday, but he only was on the pitch for ten minutes. Yeah, which is fine if that's what he offers off the bench to come on when the rest of the opposition's tired. But he can't. He can't be someone we rely on from the off every week, every of his two three games a week, to go and do that because he's just he's not going to be able to at his age. He hasn't got it, and and Duff said when he signed, he hasn't got that anymore. So don't expect it to be fair. He did say that.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did.
0: He's he's kind of I feel like there to. Like yesterday, we need to find a goal now. Last ten minutes, we're gonna chuck Palacio on. Maybe now we haven't got a week until fr- we haven't got a game till Friday. Maybe he'll find himself starting, but he'll be off the pitch by 50, 60 minutes.
2: Oh yeah, definitely yeah.
0: He will and I think he would he would be hooked at half time. I think the only thing that saves him doing that is the fact that he has 15 minutes to recover a bit of energy to go another 10 minutes, and then he's gone.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's that's where we are, and that's yeah. look, that's that's the option we've got at the moment. Yeah, and and
0: that's, that's not to criticise him as a player, but like we signed a 34 year old winger, so yeah, and this is why it's, it's worrying. It's a reality, isn't it? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay. Anyway. On the whole, though, more positive yesterday. If Sheehan has to take over against Preston, which looks very likely, hopefully if he can put the same sort of output on the pitch on Friday. I'm not actually that concerned with the formation change either after seeing it. Duff obviously tried this earlier in the season, couldn't get a tune out of it, and um, something seemed to work a bit better yesterday for whatever reason. Also, Nathan Wood got back onto the bench, and I think he came on for brief period at the end of the game Yeah, Uh trying to find out the exact minute oh no Nathan Wood didn't come on yesterday my, my mistake I thought he did um, but I would expect to see him perhaps get introduced to get some minutes in the next few fixtures because we talked about the defensive issues maybe would you say a fully fit Nathan Wood comes back in
2: uh, well I yeah, probably with the way I, with the way those three defenders have been playing, I don't think any of them can say they're keeping him out at the moment. I mean, like Wood, again, he wasn't perfect when uh, when he was playing. We, had, you know, he's he's probably got a few mistakes in him as well, but still would have taken the money. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Look at that in hindsight. Now I definitely would have taken the money and got rid of him. But I think maybe um, I don't know. I think I think we would as well. He put, he's sometimes he's good playing out of the back, and, he, and I think. It's another option to have, but oh, because we need something at the back there, I think they, they need a bit of a wake up call. All three of them, Humphrey Darling and uh, Cabango.
0: Yeah, and what's happened to Pedersen? He's just <sighs> yeah injured did, all the uh, time. Uh, I forgot I even forgot about him because I think he
2: played like what two or three games it seems like, and then he was gone.
0: He looked okay for what he offered so just shame again another one a few signings from the summer actually injury records are poor and then we have the, the Walshers and the Allens already here Allen shouldn't be too far away by all accounts but how much we'll see of him who knows uh, yeah. yeah I guess well Preston they're on bad form so I think at home win. we need to start winning games at home I think yeah. we need to win this game Oh yeah, I do I think it's a it's a massive
2: game. We've gotta win especially then with two big away games coming up after that
0: yeah I think we would Three points could be massive for us as well. It could depending on other results take us up to fifteenth
2: yeah, yeah, I think and yeah.
0: all of a sudden it just it just feels better if you do end the week there, going to christmas fifteenth um there's a lot of a gap between in terms of teams in between the relegation zone and yourself, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. But I I think you're right about Friday. I think we desperately need to win. Home
0: games are going to be massive for us. We need to start picking yeah. up points at home. So so Preston have four points in the last five games. They got so, hammered
2: yesterday though, didn't they? A home against Watford. Is it 6-1 in the end or
0: 5-1? Yeah, when you look at the uh, the information, like the XG, for example, which I know isn't the be-all and end-all, but there's like XG tables and you can have a look at. And a few teams overachieving to the standout Cardiff, who have started to drop off, were overachieving in their position in the league based on the XG for and against. Uh, Basically, what it was showing is they were being quite clinical, but then quite good defensively, so winning games with narrow margins, but not actually a creative match. Now they're not necessarily scoring them chances they were being clinical, and they might be conceding one or two more than they were before. Their results have fallen off a cliff. For example, losing against Birmingham, um and Hall City beat them 3-0 yesterday. So they've started dropping. The other team was Preston for basically the same reasons. Yeah. Um, they haven't quite had the same fall-off yet, but they're not far behind. They are still only like two points ahead of where Cardiff are, but there's four positions to separate them. So Preston in eighth, Cardiff in twelfth, we're in eighteenth. Our XG position in that table, just for um just if you're interested. We were underperforming very marginally. I think it moved us up two positions, but that's it. It wasn't really anything for us. It didn't we We're kind of where we needed to be or where we should be. But it was, it was quite interesting to see some teams where they should or shouldn't be. A Middlesbrough were actually the ones that should have been higher uh, than, than the table suggests. And that is largely due to their start of the season where they had a really bad time. And they lost, what, like six or seven games or something at the start of the season. Yeah, I think. they started poorly, didn't they? Um, so their shows they should be higher. Uh, but Preston is definitely the team that looks like they're overachieving in terms of league position. So I know it's like hard to say it's a must-win game against a team who are currently sitting in eighth position. But... They've scored 28 goals and they've conceded 38. Their goal difference is minus 10 in eighth position. And this, this is where it all, it all factors into what I'm saying. Um, our goal difference is minus one in 18th. And we've scored more goals than them and conceded less. So, like, yeah. get your head around that, isn't it? Like, the team yeah. in eighth have scored less goals than us and conceded significantly more goals than us but find themselves 10 positions higher yeah but that this is
2: like this is that sums up the championship doesn't it i mean even though i've said i'm a bit worried about us this is why it's important if we could have got someone in we're not actually in a bad position at the moment i think we kind of feel that we could be if it carries on the way it is but you know if you pick up you pick up two wins in this league and it's massive you move like quite far in the table than you I think we're only like what five points off Cardiff now who are supposedly like you know so much better than us this season well they had
0: the new manager bounce let's be honest and now they're now Ramsey has decided he doesn't want to play anymore yeah it's bad to think, setting, if, you think, it? if you think
2: if you think the narrative is that you know oh, Cardiff have, have had like you know a really good season and they're playoff contenders and we're having this horrendous season and we're relegation candidates so we're only five points off them you know then it's uh, you know that's that's the championship for you. The only thing is just the evidence you see on the pitch it doesn't fill me with confidence that we can plug that gap. But
0: we'll see. I think we can catch Cardiff. There's no chance either of us get playoffs.
2: No, you don't think Cardiff will get playoffs?
0: They've lost four of their last five, and they just lost to Birmingham. Yeah, fair. Birmingham. Have you seen that goal?
2: yeah but kuna scored to me
0: it's such a tragic goal if you're talking about our defending being bad <laughs> yeah i mean bad. it's like wayne rooney's only second win wasn't it as birmingham boss yeah so i think speaking
2: of birmingham we can't get used to us now i mean that was uh apparently the board wanted him a couple of times then he said no because they wanted him before martin didn't they and
0: yeah and get him. He just don't want to come to South Wales by the sounds of age. I think he wants to stay near where he's based unless the right job comes up and I guess we're just not the right job.
2: We're not going to be the right job for a lot of managers unfortunately.
0: No. It's them up and coming ones that want to make a career. That's why I guess the Chris Davis news is so hurtful maybe. Yeah. Because usually that's the sort of manager that will take a punt on us. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to take it. No. Anyway, let's have a look at the other thing we were going to talk about today, which was season ticket. If I can get the right tab up, Um, I know you've got a bit you want to say about this, and uh, let's get it up. So, early bird season tickets gone on sale, I believe, this week, just before Christmas. Um, Could be a nice Christmas present for someone who likes to watch the Swans these days. yeah but yeah so the prices have increased from last season, so you know more about this than me, so I don't know if you wanna lead the way
2: yeah so the uh they 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 do this every season where they release the prices in you know before Christmas, and normally it's kind of like you got till March to renew it, and then it gets more expensive the later you the later you renew it so the early birds come out now and it's four hundred and eleven for you're adult and just looking at the normal one. I know the South stand tends to be cheaper, but um, you've got your general admission one, which is 411 and last year at the same time, the early bird price was 370. So, you know, it's a tidy increase. So whilst I like 11%, I think we said it was, it's, t- it's a tidy increase for a season ticket. And then if you don't do it early bird, I think you've got until like the middle of February, I think to to actually renew your seat Um, then I think it jumps up to like 460 whereas last year it was 400
0: so 60 quid extra that's like 15% Um, somewhere there's a lot of text and figures I know they're talking about here that it's still cheaper than uh, before COVID and it's cheaper than when we went up to the Premier League the season we got promoted is what they're saying here the problem is, the cash think, back as well
2: yeah the problem is i think i think you expect it to kind of increase every year but i think like 15 increase is quite a lot considering you know i think it's bad timing as well considering you know everything that's going on releasing lower like new year season ticket 15 percent extra when we haven't even got a manager at the moment i think it's just it's just really i don't know it's just
0: bad timing it is
2: bad timing at the moment
0: yeah it it is bad timing i'll I'm not sticking up for the club, but just a caveat. It. I think obviously they would have decided these things before any of that happened. Um, and oh, yeah, When, yeah, I know, when you I compare know. across the league, we are still on average. I believe we were looking at it for last season. We can't confirm for this season yet. We were in like the bottom six or seven teams for average season ticket cost. Um, doesn't make it acceptable still. I'm just putting them out there as information. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I know. Th- I think that that's fair. That we are in that window with uh, with season ticket pricing. It's just the uh, it's just that's what people are used to. It's just the percentage increase. And in if you increase it by fifteen yeah. percent or an eleven
0: percent in the early bird window, I think it's just a lot. It's a lot. It would have been a really nice gesture from the club, especially with the cost of living at the moment. If they could have at least froze the prices, I think that would have gone a long way. Yeah, and said like, look, I know we're not going through the best time on the pitch we are looking at trying to make it better with you and all this stuff and try and build a connection with the fans again and that would have been something that maybe could have helped
2: i think you're right i just think it was a i think it was a bit of a poor decision as well because i think like i you know i i will i will renew my season ticket i you know i'm not gonna not gonna stand here and pretend like a lot of people say like oh it's the first time i've contemplated not renew my season ticket and then they do it anyway um because at the end of the day, they've got they've got you, and not they? they? You know, they put a price on your on your loyalty, and and you do it. You kind of do it without thinking about it. But um, yeah, I think if they could have froze the prices, I think it would have been it would have been really good. I just think trying to increase it where crowds are already falling away. How much more extra can they can they stand to gain from an extra what sixty quid per person when they sell about you know what? Eleven thousand season tickets if that
0: yeah they need to sort out a way to try and improve attendances as well i don't know if increasing prices is the way
2: it egg well it's about an extra
0: 600k isn't it but you know yeah but then they're losing people so exactly the 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 thing
2: is it's not the first it's not the first time i've been a bit annoyed with the um uh with with the season ticket thing because I, i think we talked about it before but um I go with um I go with my dad who has a has a senior ticket now. I think if you're sixty five or over you get a senior ticket and we used to go with um his friend as well, who was like sixty three at the time I think um and what they did was they said, if you already no sorry, they did it, it was over sixty it was so at the start it was over sixty, so if you were over sixty, you could have a senior ticket. And then what they did was, randomly one season they said, oh, actually now it's 65. So, where they hit people who were like 63, 64, or if they were like just about to turn 60, then they missed out on that. They were obviously banking on renewing their season ticket when they turn 60 so what the do they say, cost. unless
0: if you're already on senior and you renew you'll keep it But otherwise, yeah, if you were already on team.
2: senior so my, my father's friend who was like I think he was 59 at the time the following season was I'd supported the club all those years renewed his season ticket every year at 59 was due to get a, like a, a cheaper ticket at 60 that season they then said uh, no we're moving into 65 so you know you've got another 5 years of paying full price and I just think that was a that was a poor decision as well, so this is just a, not the first time kind of annoyed me yeah um with the season ticket and that i just I think that was wrong because fair enough, if you increase your adult season ticket prices, but moving it to sixty five where people were waiting at that age, you know with you know your later end of fifty who've probably supported the club for you know fifty years. To then say oh you've got to wait another five years to get I think that was a cheap that was a cheap win, and I know they say like a lot of clubs do it at sixty five in all fairness, but I think that was that was a really cheap win
0: yeah what we'll say is there's some brackets for different ages you and twelves and eighteen they seem okay to me I don't know what you think about them yeah, well,
2: that's a really good like, price i think to yeah.
0: take a, I don't know if there's any family options, but to take your kids and stuff now. Maybe like, I I've never really looked in as much detail before and I've never bought them categories. People will be able to tell me more in the comments, but they look reasonable. But I I, I was interested in this under twenty one. Is that new?
2: Uh I don't know. I
0: don't Same know. as the student price, but
2: Yeah, I guess it's kind of unfair if... if you have a student and then if you don't if you don't like study then you can't get the cheaper price. So. Yeah, but
0: you could be a student at thirty years
2: old. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, you could do. Uh... They just need the student ID, don't they, to approve that? Yeah, yeah. I think the idea of this <clears throat> of student discounts is like you're in some sort of education, so you're not earning as much, and then that's where you get the discount, isn't it? That's the whole point of that. Yeah. Uh, under twenty one, I guess if you're a twenty one year old, and then you've got a twenty two year old sitting next to you, you're wondering why you're paying two hundred pound more. <laughs> yeah. I get it for under 18 because that's like that's when you kind of turn to an adult but look it's nice that they got a discount for that age bracket I'm just going to what you were saying about the, uh, the senior one there if you're 22 years old and your friend's 21 that's just frustrating isn't it I guess <laughs> Yeah, isn't 21 the bracket for uh, like the increase in minimum wage
2: is that the thinking behind it I don't know uh is it twenty one? Is that the might be 21. Wage? I don't know. I, I can't I'm not sure. I can't A remember. Lot of
0: businesses these days that don't have age bracket wages to the I know some still do. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is then. Could be. Well, like ages, they earn less money, perhaps they other the start of their career. So it could be stuff stuff like that. It's not bad anyways. You're trying to get you're trying to get more younger fans in, I guess, and develop the next um next group of supporters that you want to get them in and yeah look i i here
2: looking at that face value the, the prices are not bad like the, the i think they're reasonable the uh the prices but knowing that a lot of like a lot of people that i know pay less for their season ticket um i'd argue i used to argue that we pay for better
0: football but i don't think it's the case at the moment who pays less? though, you know is it because uh, Cardiff's prices are less? Yeah,
2: they 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 always about under three and three hundred quid. For Cardiff, I think they about they were about three hundred quid last year, according to some people that I work with. But um,
0: well, I did have a check didn't I, What they were? For I think I, yeah, like a face
2: value. I, but still though, I think a face value the, those prices aren't bad. I just hate the, I just hate the cheap wins. Like you know, I will increase it by ten percent now. Um, yeah. When the crowds are falling away, anyway, I'm with you. I think this would have been the time to freeze them this year. Yeah, with um, everything going on, but there we go.
0: Carver- Cardiff's average price last season was 327. Yeah, well, our our average price last season was 372. So there's it's like 50 quid difference there. Yeah. Um, Cardiff, one of the lowest for average price in the league. To be fair, which I'm a bit surprised at, but. Fair enough. Um, there's also a significant on the other end. So like, well, we're, we could be far worse. And I'm not saying we shouldn't necessarily be happy with the prices, but like Norwich on the top end, 365 on average. No, sorry, 635. Yeah, uh, that's ridiculous, that is. Yeah, and you've got like Sheffield Wednesday, who only came up from League One, 623.
2: Yeah, that's horrendous. That's
0: horrific, that is. So, it's not even like they just got relegated from Premier League. Uh, the top club in that category, Leeds, 420. It's
2: not bad, to be fair.
0: Oh, sorry, Leicester on average was 590. <sighs> That's a lot as well. Hell, if Southam- you're in there. Southampton, 571.
2: I think anything above 500 quid for a championship club is horrendous. A, is a so I think, well, even now, above 500 quid for a premiership club is ridiculous.
0: it's it's extortionate isn't it and yeah it's a struggle i'd imagine And, and we talk about the attendance lowering it's going to be part of the reason is because people can't afford it anymore and surely that's where you want to help them out it's the time with everything that's going on outside of football if your football club is the center of your community which it is for a lot of people that's where you just want them to be doing that a little bit more and not acting like a business and i know it is a business at the end of the day but when stuff like this comes out, that's where you just get a reminder that it is, these days, football is just a business for the owners and it's not like what it used to be and what you would like it to be. You know, If you're going to go to every game at home in a year, you are still saving money. It's like £17.87 on average for the adults if you get a season ticket. I think it's 30 to £35 a pop if you go and pay individually each game. That's depending really on what class. category it is. Yeah, with this new category class. system they introduced. So you are still saving a lot of money. But that's only if you're going to go, I guess, to every single game and you know you're going to go to every game. Yeah. And obviously it is cheaper if you go to the south stand as well. Which yeah, is, uh, the adult There one is there. that option.
2: The adult one there. Um and it's got the star next to it. Is that because if you I don't know, I think if you
0: So the family stand, so have you got to go with the kids? I think so,
2: yeah. I think that's what the...
0: the So you can only only get the ticket there if, um, as he says here, full prices are chargeable unless purchased alongside children under 12. So you can only get that price in the south stand if you also purchase this. Yeah, which would then make it the same. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not quite the same, but basically the same
2: that's exactly the same isn't it what is it 355 five, and then the extra 65 mm. about 420 isn't it
0: yeah it's just a little bit it's more just, but yeah. yeah but that's two but of you, you going it, so it's two tickets in it yeah it's decent
2: yeah like i said i don't think i don't think the pricing like looking at that and looking at other championship clubs the price is not that bad i think it's just when you try and increasing them
0: Your pricing is representative to what you've had, though, isn't it? It's all well and good looking at the rest of the league. Exactly. But if they decided to match the rest of the league's top end in one season, that's a massive jump. So it would be an issue. Oh,
2: can you imagine they upped it to, like, 600 quid and then said, oh, well, you know, like Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday are 600 quid. I think, like, you'd lose half
0: a season ticket holders. Yeah. And you could tell that they not they know people won't be happy with it because when you read all the stuff underneath, it's like, yeah, well the prices are still going to be lower than <laughs> yeah. before COVID. And it's cheaper <laughs> yeah. than yeah. than when we got promoted last time. It's like they're justifying it when it's like you're just announcing it. You already know people are not gonna be happy because you're justifying it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. They've and then they're the trying to say like about all that, and
2: like and then they're trying to like uh, they're trying to caveat and they're like, here's the prices, but you know oh, you know, it's not that bad. with all this blurb about like all this all this stuff, and then I try and say about COVID, I was like don't even get me that because they were just like oh can you like leave all your money in the club even though you can't come to games
0: This is interesting though, I didn't realise this I think that we should mention this actually so your season tickets next season will also include any Swansea City women and Swansea City under 21s and under 18 games that are played in the Swansea.com stadium
2: I thought it was free anyway.
0: Not for the ones in the stadium.
2: I thought they were, weren't they? I'm sure it was free for
0: the. No, you got to pay. Ah, okay. The women one, the women's one, the other day against Rex, was like a ten, I think.
2: Ah, right, okay. I thought they were free. I thought all of them were free. No. I've been to a few before, and they were free. Um, in the what, in, in the change. stadium. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it was free. I've been to one of them in the stadium. Like and a
0: i a I've been forced been like a five or something. Ah, oh, maybe. But it's all included. I don't know how many of them there'll be because they probably yeah only Watch announce them just in advance, did not they? It? It's not like pre pre announced. It's like if they get certain stages of the cup and stuff. Sometimes isn't it? So yeah, they'll stop now because they're free. They will never play in the stadium. <laughs> nah, they they try enough up the attendances for those things, and I think to be fair, the women's one is is going up, and people are supporting them a lot more. There's a lot of emphasis going into that. Yeah. Uh, to try and big up that branch of the club and I think that's good.
2: You know, I uh, to be fair again, I think that is quite good because it will entice people to go as well, won't it? Uh, yeah. That will get people in,
0: so. But is it free when the price has gone up? That's the question.
2: Right, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh the other thing to notice, I'm sure everyone will be aware of this if it affects you, but some of the East Stand is going to safe standing. hasn't changed the price at all and it hasn't changed the capacity of the stadium. Um but yeah, let us know what you think about safe standing
2: i mean it's been long overdue is not it that is ridiculous because all they do is just they don't like take away the seats or anything they just put the bar in front of the seats don't they i mean i've some away ends have got it have been doing it in cardiff we've got it as well so when we've been to cardiff away they've got the the barriers it's just ridiculous when they expect people to i, I know I i guess in the right setting like it depends if you want to sit in the stadium and you want to sit down that's fine but then a lot of people go to the games, especially when you go away. You want to stand up and you want to make the atmosphere. And then they're just saying, like, yeah, you need to sit down. It's just it's unrealistic. So I think it's just something that has to happen. And it's good because you can kind of say, well, if you want to stand up and do that, then this is the area.
0: Yeah. They probably should introduce it for the away end as well. I don't know if they go into.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they will.
0: No, you don't, don't want to generate an atmosphere in the away end. We want to generate an atmosphere. Big like sit down. Make sit everywhere, down. if the way if the way fans are loud, and that entices the home fans to be loud. You know, it's better all round, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not been much atmosphere there for a while, I think. No, the atmosphere.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, there's a nice picture of the, the stadium. <laughs> That's uh, this ended there for this week, so. I guess we shall say Merry Christmas to everyone who we, we probably won't well I might be on for a pre-match video for the Preston game but other than that I wouldn't be on I'd imagine before Christmas the same as you Lee so Merry yeah. Christmas to everyone that is listening or watching um, maybe we'll speak to you before New Year but I'm not going to make any promises because it will depend on schedule it's a busy yeah. time of year so if we're not here apologies but you know i'm sure you can let us off you'll all be enjoying your time off work and enjoying the festive season i'm sure so we'll i'll be, uh, be doing the same
2: i'll be enjoying boxing day i'm going to southampton that'll be uh fun
0: nice little subsidized bus ride for that wasn't it
2: yeah yeah all no fairness i think well were they 15 quid for the bus it's not bad
0: i'm fortunately working this year
2: ah oh, yes
0: shame bring back three points
2: yeah well, I think half of our fan base will be in the home end, won't they, Southampton? But I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in the yeah.
0: end. Controversial. You're going to get cancelled now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'd be an interesting question, to see if people want to. Uh, how many fan, How many buses
0: are going down for the home end?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. No, we're going to win. We're going to bring back three points. Whoever yeah. the manager is.
0: It's a shame that we're going in without a manager at the moment because. It's annoying, isn't it? He just wanted to go and beat Russell Martin, and now it is a shame. Yeah, again, I think take the blow. It,
2: yeah, no, I think uh, when it looked like Chris Davis was coming in and like we'd already ordered out tickets for for the game, I was just thinking, oh yeah, Chris Davis will be in, and you know it'll be really exciting, and it'll kind of give everyone a lift. But then we're kind of back to square one now.
0: Yeah, yeah. On that note, then we shall catch you after Christmas in the next episode. Hopefully, we will have more clarity going into the new year next time we do get a chat and uh, we can start talking about what the next year and the future is for the Swans, I guess. So um, have a good one and, yeah, we shall see you after Christmas. Have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas, see you soon. Everyone. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You win? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com.